Hello there and welcome into another edition of The Intersection with conversation highlights from the Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics, including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. First of all, I had the chance to visit with Anat Brenner of Abundant Life Ministries in Israel. She was in Washington, D.C. for the March for Life just before traveling to Montgomery, Alabama, prayer to a special worship and prayer event for Israel in Montgomery. In our conversation, she shared about the pro-life work in which she's involved in Israel, as well as her ministry to women who have been trafficked. You will be hearing from that conversation coming up. Also, Monica Kelsey is the founder of another pro-life effort, Safe Haven Baby Boxes, in which new mothers can anonymously place their babies in boxes set up in communities across America in order for them to be adopted. Two have now been set up in Alabama. She spoke with me recently, and material from that conversation is ahead. And on this edition of The Intersection, the NASCAR season opens soon, and Windshaped Teams has produced a documentary behind the scenes at a high-profile racing team. Jesse Parrish leads us through the principles that make this organization succeed. Finally, Ryan Brown from Open Doors U.S. presents information relative to the 2024 World Watch List, highlighting the countries who are the leading persecutors of Christians worldwide. He provides facts and analysis. This is The Intersection, a production of The Meeting House. I'm Bob Crittenden. Anat Brenner is founder and director of Abundant Life Ministries, which is a pro-life ministry in Israel that is involved in ministering to women in crisis pregnancy situations and saving the lives of unborn babies, as well as reaching out to women participating in sex trafficking. In our conversation, she shared about the work of the ministry and its fruit. She joined the Meeting House program from Washington, D.C., site of the 2024 March for Life on January 19th, in advance of her speaking at the Look to the Hills Night of Worship and Prayer for Israel, sponsored by Reality and Truth Ministries in Montgomery, Alabama, on January 21st. Here now from that conversation is Anat Brenner. The stories are horrifying and um, we know that women there, young women, are pregnant now. And um, we know that so many of them are dead. And so um, this is so heartbreaking. And I want to say to the uh, Americans, I want to say uh, to the believers, don't stop praying for us. Don't stop fighting for us for justice to happen here. And um, and so we all need to raise the flag to bring them back home uh, to Israel. And um, and I know uh, there had been a lot of anti-Semitism going on everywhere in Europe, in the States. But you, you are in America. You are the voice for us to fight for um, God's purposes for Israel and for this nation. And so, um, yeah, I'm calling you to raise up your voice for us. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful for people like LaDonna that brings group to serve in Israel so faithfully all through the years. I'm so thankful for all the volunteers that we've seen that came through the years. Thankful for your love and for your prayers. 
You are listening to Meeting House here on Faith Radio. Anat Brenner, who is founder and director, along with her husband of the Abundant Life Ministries in Israel. She will be speaking this coming Sunday evening at Valiant Cross Academy, 6 p.m. Reality and Truth Ministries sponsoring Look to the Hills, the Night of Worship and Prayer for Israel. You will be sharing that night. And Anat, as we conclude our conversation today, what a wonderful perspective that you have laid out for us with respect to what your ministry does in affirming life, reaching out to to women and saving unborn babies. And you have such a tremendous heart for those that have been victimized in the aftermath of this attack by Hamas back in October. As we conclude, I'd just like for you to share a bit about the fruit. You've told us a whole lot about the incredible type of ministry that you're doing. How would you summarize the fruit that you're seeing God produce through your efforts? Mm. So um, it's beautiful to see babies being saved from abortion. And sometimes women, the mothers, are calling us and, and saying, thank you so much. Thank you so much for helping me. I am so um so in love with my child i'm so happy i i didn't choose abortion i would never forgive myself if i would and um you see the change of the thinking and you see that eventually they are the one that becomes fighter for life because they've experienced the crisis and the questionary whether to choose life or to abort and in regards to the red carpet we seen we see uh, many women that came out from this this vicious cycle that today they are part of society and um and then um many many of these women also die on like we since i started the ministry there we've seen so many died but many of them opened their heart to god and um and died and so i feel like this is a last minute call for many of them and um and so they, they feel they have home there they call our place oasis home and they mm. keep thanking us for being there there for them and i think this is it this is i mean you give the hungry food you give the naked clothes you do what you do need to do today. And this is this ministry. Whatever the day brings, we try to do the best we know to help the broken, to help the homeless and the hungry. Anat Brenner here on The Intersection. You can find out more about the ministry at AbundantLife.org.il. The Reality and Truth Ministries website is RealityandTruth.com. This is the Intersection Podcast with the founder and CEO of Safe Haven Baby Boxes, Monica Kelsey. She shared about her inspiration for starting the initiative in which boxes are placed at locations in communities where women can place their babies anonymously in order for them to then be placed in a family. She commented on the first two boxes in Alabama and a historic development at one of them. Here now from that conversation is Monica Kelsey. Well, you know, in order for people to understand where the passion and the desire to to do more comes from, I, I literally have to take you back a few years to August of 1972 when uh, a young 17-year-old was brutally attacked and raped and left along the side of the road. And 
This, of course, was in 72 when abortion was illegal in our country, even in the cases of rape and incest. And uh, this 17-year-old girl was strong enough to press charges against the man who had raped her, and he was arrested and charged. And if that wasn't the worst of it, when her life was finally getting back to normal, she finds out she's pregnant. And uh, she was hidden for the remainder of the pregnancy and then gave birth in April of 1973 and abandoned her child uh, two hours after that child was born. And, and that child was me. So mm. I, I stand on the front lines of this movement as one of these kids that wasn't lovingly and safely and legally and anonymously placed in the safe haven baby box by a parent that wanted me. And so today I'm giving these parents an opportunity to save the, the, the life of their child, but allow their life to go on as well. Because if a baby is found in a dumpster or a trash can, this, this mother's life is, is ruined and this child's life is gone. And so these parents, a alternative to that uh, is key. And so I uh, invented the Safe Haven Baby Box. I actually got the idea from another country. I was in Sa uh, South Africa. And I seen a baby safe in the side of a wall, and that gave me the inspiration to bring it back to the United States. And and so I I built a box and thought, well, let's put it in a baby, let's put it in a firehouse. And uh, my husband is the mayor of our city, so I figured, you know, he would uh, agree to allow me to put it in his if he wanted to come home and you know maybe nice to him at home. Uh, and so I put the very first baby box in Woodburn, Indiana, um, and uh, uh, the next box you know a few days later and now we have 196 boxes across the country um, and we've had 40 infants saved through our baby box program and 140 handoffs so the program's working um, and I'm just I'm so blessed that Christ chose me for this role tell me about the journey if you will from having the laws change to allow for the safe haven baby boxes to where you've actually had boxes placed in the state. Tell me just a bit about that progression. Well, I'll tell you, the, um, the organization Kids to Love, they uh, pushed really hard to get this legislation passed and it succeeded. Um, and then they, you know, some of their donors uh, wanted to sponsor boxes. And so they've sponsored the first two boxes and a couple more boxes after that. We have here this morning, um, come out and, and say, I want to sponsor a box in Alabama. And so the, the, the boots on the ground, the people of the state of Alabama are being the hands and feet of Christ and sponsoring these boxes because we don't take government funds and we don't take state funds. And so it, it's been a journey. You know, it has been a little bit of a ride, but uh, the people of Alabama has welcomed us with open arms. Um, and now, you know, two weeks after a baby box goes in, Madison, it saves, the, you know, the life of a child. Um, I, I, we're, we're, we're working hard to make sure that there's no babies found in dumpsters in Alabama and we're, we're off to a pretty good start. Monica Kelsey here on The Intersection. You can find out more at shbb.org. Her website is monicakelsey.com. This is The Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can find out more at meetinghouseonline.info, or you can find The Meeting House homepage through the programming menu at faithradio.org. Through that homepage, there's a link to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests from The Intersection Podcast, as well as The Meeting House radio program. 
And you can find links to the podcast, to the Media Center, as well as its Apple podcast feed. And you can connect to the Faith Radio YouTube channel through which you can watch video of Meeting House guests. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on X or Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can connect through the programming menu at faithradio.org. Conversations can also be found through the Faith Radio app at a variety of podcast platforms. Search for Faith Radio Podcast at Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, and TuneIn. Next up on this edition of the Intersection Podcast, it's Jesse Parrish. He serves as Senior Manager of Programming for Windshape Teams. In our recent Meeting House conversation, he discussed the concept of the documentary film entitled Chasing Faster, The Next Gen Pit Crew, examining some of the principles that are communicated through it. Here now from that conversation is Jesse Parrish. We wanted to highlight high-performing teams. A high-performing team being someone or a group of people that uh, achieves a level of uh, success and is able to sustain and maintain that year over year. You know, if you think in the sports world, they're those those dynasties, those ones that keep on winning uh, year over year, and they may be you know faced with all the same challenges and change that an industry has, but somehow they're able to make it and and be uh, that successful. Uh, so that intersected us with Joe Gibbs Racing, uh, which is a fantastic organization. And we had the opportunity to get behind the scenes in their preseason and during their race season uh, two years ago with the, um, the advent of the next-gen car and the reinvention of uh, a lot of what NASCAR was doing. Um, and so we got to get behind the scenes with them and walk with them through this big change uh, that they were facing and, and really ask, what are you doing in order to maintain uh, that level of success that you guys expect? So it was, again, a, a fascinating journey, a great conversations, great discoveries with the pit crew, uh, the leadership teams, the coaches. Um, yeah, it was just a great experience to learn from them. How is it that you saw JGR respond to this major challenge that NASCAR had pre- uh, presented to them? Well, in uh, the interview, well, just again, by brief summary, the change that was happening was that each company, each race team was able to produce and make their own cars. So the organizations with the most money, they got to make the best cars, uh, JGR being one of those. Uh, what changed was NASCAR said, we, this third party, are now providing all the cars. So it really shifted the focus from can you make your car the most highest and precise engineered car to how do you get the people, the, the drivers, the pit crews, the support teams to be the most effective uh, possible on race day. And that was the competitive advantage. So that's one of the the big change and the thrust behind all of this is really how do we engage and get the most out of the people that we have here. Um, as we got to sit down with with Joe, who again is the the only person that's in the the uh, NASCAR and NFL Hall of Fame. So yeah, <laughs> talk about sustained success over time. This guy epitomizes that. 
as we got to sit down with him, uh, one of the first questions we asked was, hey, what's your favorite thing about race day? And, and with a laugh, he said, well, it's winning. <laughs> I love winning. And then in the last question we got to ask him was why? Like, what's so important? What do you want your legacy to be? And he summarized it by saying, you know what? When I'm in heaven and I'm answering and the Lord's looking at my life, I really hope that he sees that I made an impact on the people uh, that I got to lead and that I got to influence. And they made a positive impact and helped them see and know, in essence, that they were cared for, that they were supported, that they were valued as God's creation. And so you think of that, both his, his drive to succeed, but ultimately being able to tie it back to what's most important is the people, the care, and the culture that we create. A lot of what they do at Joe Gibbs Racing stems from that perspective that he has, uh, care for the people. Part of care is helping them learn, grow, and maximize their performance so that they can become masters of their craft, masters of their job, and be successful in the human. Um, daily, they're having devotionals uh, within their organization and within their teams. Uh, before every race day, Joe is getting together with the teams, and they're having prayers uh, and just times of community and communion. Uh, you'll see throughout the documentary moments where Joe is asking personal questions of, of each of the, the pit crew members, asking about their families and how they're doing. He is involved and engaged in these people's lives, and that reflects uh, throughout the entirety of the organization. There is a, a culture of uh, driven care, I would say, the drive to be successful, to be the best, to hold each other accountable to that, and to do so in a way that that enriches the lives of those that they get, get to interact with. You see that from the top down, and that's really the, the baseline, I think, of what allows them to maintain the success and navigate this change is one knowing we're in it for each other, <laughs> and we'll conquer any, any challenge that, that comes at us, and we'll do our absolute best in that. Jesse Parrish here on The Intersection. You can find out more by going to teams.windshape.org. Well, finally, on this edition of The Intersection podcast, here are some comments from Ryan Brown, CEO of Open Doors U.S., sharing information relative to the release of the 2024 World Watch List, which identifies the 50 countries in which Christians are facing the greatest persecution. He provided analysis and trends regarding this year's list. Here now from that conversation is Ryan Brown. Topping the list yet again is, is North Korea. Uh, number two would be Somalia. Uh, number three is Libya. Four is Eritrea. Number five is Yemen. Number six, Nigeria. Number seven is Pakistan. Number eight is Sudan. Number nine is Iran. And then number 10 is Afghanistan. Well, North Korea is, uh, again, it has acquired quite a reputation as far as being the leading persecutor of Christians worldwide. What are some of the reports coming out of North Korea saying? Yeah, so, you know, this is a country um, where Christianity is, is seen as a threat to the state. And accordingly, the uh, state uh, does all it can to just stamp out the expression of, of Christianity. Um, what that can involve is if uh, an individual is even found in possession of, of, of owning a Bible. Um, 
in essence, that becomes the, the equivalent of a life sentence, uh, typically exported or um, taken to uh, internment camps, uh, concentration camps, where they are, are forced to spend the rest of their days uh, doing labor. Um, it can uh, even inquire or, um, or result in a death sentence, even. Um, and so this expression of um, you know, state-specific uh, targeted um, assaults against Christian just uh, continues to be uh, profound. In the midst of that, though, um, you know, it, it is a, an encouraging to see that the way that the church is, is continuing to respond in, in those areas. Um, you know, open doors, uh, as you know, with, with government sanctions and things, there are great limitations as far as, you know, what we can do physically within the country of North Korea. However, things like radio ministry that we are able to uh, Utilize the airwaves to send messages to uh, believers in North Korea of encouragement and, and access to teaching and discipleship uh, resources. Um, truly incredible. I think one of the things I was so humbled by in that radio ministry, one of the things that North Korean believers asked for was information about um, the World Watch List, about information uh, countries um uh, that were also suffering persecuted because they wanted to be able to list, lift up their brothers and sisters in prayer who are also experiencing persecution around the globe. So um, while you know, even the gates of hell are seeking to, to stamp out the church in North Korea, um, the gates of hell are not advancing. The, mm. the, the church is, is still um, God's chosen vehicle, and um, God is continuing to utilize the, his presence in, in his church in those areas. Numbers two, three, and four, Somalia, Libya, and Eritrea. Talk about, if you would, those countries specifically and really what you're seeing continent-wide with respect to Christian persecution. Yeah, there's really kind of a couple of dynamics that are coming into play in, in each of these areas. Um, you know, one of these would certainly be those uh, Islamic extremists, hmm. um, uh, the presence there. And there are uh, many of these places will have anti-conversion laws that uh, are, are very specifically uh, utilized to to target Christians. Um, this These anti-conversion laws are, are those that uh, if somebody leaves their faith, in, in many cases, you know, the, it's part of the national identity uh, that that Islamic faith, and if somebody leaves that, it's seen as uh, basically an attack against the state. It's seen as uh, an act of sedition, and so um, Christians, if, for those who leave the um, you know their Islamic faith, uh, they can. Uh, experience intense persecution. Ryan Brown here on The Intersection. You can learn more by going to opendoorsus.org. Well, we are nearing the end of this week's edition of The Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can find out more through meetinghouseonline.info or connecting to The Meeting House homepage through the programming menu at faithradio.org. Through the Meeting House homepage, there's a link to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the Intersection podcast as well as the Meeting House radio program. You can also find a link to the Media Center through the programming menu at faithradio.org. Also, through that Meeting House homepage, you'll find links to the Intersection podcast, to the Media Center, as well as its Apple podcast feed. 
And you can find a link to the Faith Radio YouTube channel, the place you can go to watch video of Meeting House guests. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. And there's The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from the Meeting House program. And you can follow me on X or Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info. Thank you for joining me for this week's edition of the Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.